Dementia with Dementia. I'm Laura Banner, and I'm your host. Many of you have listened to previous episodes of this podcast and know that not only am I a healthcare provider of those living with dementia, but I'm also the daughter of someone with dementia, vascular dementia to be specific. So I understand firsthand the battles that many of you face. Yes, it's true that we are early in our journey compared to many of the others who are much further down along this road. But we're at a point where we are facing challenges. I'm sure a lot of our challenges are challenges you can relate to as well. What I found is that so often those individuals who have really any type of dementia will lose their, what I call, filter. They become very frontal. And what I mean by that is that their thoughts are often unfiltered as they come out. For example, most people understand that it is not socially acceptable to say what they're thinking. Instead, what they do is they give a much more watered-down version or a more polite version of what they're thinking instead of being so blunt. But when people lose their filter, they don't have that ability to make judgments about what is appropriate and what is not appropriate to say. And as a result, they will just blurt things out. They will say things that are brash, abrasive, and oftentimes quite hurtful. This filter that I refer to is what allows us to communicate with other individuals without rubbing people the wrong way. And here's a simple example. If you were to go over to a friend's house to eat and you took a sampling of the food and it just was not to your liking, maybe let's just say, for the sake of argument, it really tasted awful. Well, the filter that we all have would prevent us from saying, this is awful. Instead, what we might say is, I actually ate right before I got here, so I'm really quite full, or thank you so much, but I have a dinner engagement later on, so I I really can't eat now. You would say something that would be gracious, that would not be offensive. But if someone doesn't have their filter, they will actually blurt out, this is awful. This tastes terrible. I don't want, I don't want to eat this. And as you can imagine, the people on the receiving end of that will get their feelings hurt. But again, the person without the filter will not recognize that they've done anything wrong. And they are often taken back by the response that they get from their comments. It's not uncommon for an audience to these types of comments to laugh, really out of a lack of knowing how else to respond because they're so taken um, off guard by this type of a response. As I mentioned, my mom and I, we are still in the early stages of this journey. She's still mostly independent. She has awareness that she has memory impairment, but what she lacks is the insight to the severity 
of her memory loss. Her perception and her judgment are most affected at this point. We're facing the inevitability of her losing some of this independence. Right now, we are awaiting an appointment for her to have a driving test. Because again, you have to measure every decision in the framework of safety. It doesn't make it any easier, but if they're not safe to do something, it's really our responsibility to step in and prevent any unsafe behavior, whether it be driving, managing their own finances or their own medication, or even living alone. We also are at the point where my mother is losing her filter. She is using terminology that is hurtful. Words I've never heard my mother say. My mother has the most kind heart. Everybody loves my mom. If she thought that she hurt someone's feelings, it would devastate her. That's just not who she is. But unfortunately, what's happening because of this awful disease, she says things that are inappropriate and, yes, quite hurtful. It happened yesterday. She asked me to help her with something on the computer And out of nowhere, completely unprovoked, she used an expletive towards me, referring to me. And I I just looked at her and I was in shock. And I said, where did that come from? And she said, well, what do you mean? And I said, please don't call me that. It really hurts my feelings. And instead of what I had hoped for, which would be a recognition that she said a hurtful comment. She said, well, boy, don't you have thin skin? And again, same voice as my mom, looks like my mom, personality is not my mom. And it killed me inside. And I had a flood of feelings, and I'm sure many of you can completely understand what I'm talking about. I I was mad. I was hurt. I was shocked. And when I I said something about it to her saying, "Please don't refer to me that way." She just could not understand. And in fact, as we continued to talk, she said, "I just don't want to talk about it." And I said, "No. No, that's not fair, Mom." You don't get to decide all the time when you've had enough of a conversation because I, I, when I tell you, I was starting to have my blood boil because she just could not understand. And again, yes, I am a healthcare provider of those living with dementia, but I'm also a human being and a daughter. And although I know the right things to say and the right way to respond, and I know it's the disease, it still hurts. So her response to me, as she laughed, which again, completely out of character for the mom I know, she said, I'll try not to call you that again, again, laughing as she's saying this. So I said, you know what? I'm leaving. And so I went upstairs. We live together. She has an apartment downstairs. My husband and I live upstairs. And I was so frustrated. I know it's the disease, 
but it's my mom and I'm living with the disease. And I know she can't help it, but at the same time, I truly struggled to manage my feelings. It it just caught me so off guard. She's done it before. But the callousness and the lack of awareness to the fact that it was so inappropriate and hurtful just cut me to the core. Again, I felt so many different emotions, including guilt. I felt guilty for feeling what I felt. And I hear this a lot from caregivers. Caregiver guilt is real. We shouldn't feel guilty if we've done nothing wrong, but yet we do. I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of that. Are we guilty or feel guilty because we can't fix it? Do we feel guilty because of the feelings we had? Well, that certainly is true for me yesterday. I'm I'm not really sure. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. All I know is that it felt awful. Fortunately today, she called me and she apologized. I didn't expect it, but Lord knows I appreciated it. She said, Laura, I don't know why I called you that. I've never used that term before. I don't know where it came from. What I forgot to mention was that during the course of yesterday's conversation, she said she refers to her friend that way all the time. And I said to her, well, that's between you and your friend. But when she called me this morning, she said, I've never referred to my friend that way. That made me feel much better because honestly, I don't know how long the friendship would last if she was referring to her friends with that term. Anyway, I didn't make an issue of it. I accepted the apology. I told her how much I appreciated it. And then we hung up and I sat there and I reflected. And I thought, it's the disease. I know it's the disease. God, I hate this disease. It robs us of everything. It robs us of our loved ones. It robs us of time. It robs us of feeling good. A cure can't come soon enough. And I don't know that it will come in time for my mom. Until there's a cure... The only thing I can do is manage myself because I can't change how she's acting. I can only change how I'm responding. So until I learn a better way, the way that I've decided to move forward is to compartmentalize. I put those feelings in a box. I talked it out with my husband. I got it off my chest. I felt better. Still hurt, but I felt better. And then I accepted the apology, which I know at some future date may not come, but today it did. So I'm living in the moment, which is what I hope all of you do. Don't try to future forecast, except when you need to for planning, but live in the moment 
be grateful for those moments of clarity, those moments of good feelings. And when those bad ones come, you find what works for you, whether it's counseling or walking away or venting to a friend or going into a quiet place and closing your eyes or maybe even letting out a scream when no one can hear you. You need to do what makes this bearable for you, knowing that it'll probably come again. That's what I'm anticipating. But for now, I'm in a good place and I'm enjoying this good place. I hope you all have someone that is your go-to, that is your confidant, that is your safe place to vent to find solace, to find comfort, to find guidance, to find advice, to find whatever it is that you need. Because even though we're only in the early stages, I have an idea of what the road is going to look like because of what I hear from other loved ones, my patients' loved ones, their family, their caregivers. And it's not going to be without bumps in the road, and a lot of bruises on my heart. So do what you need to do to take care of you. And in turn, that will help your loved one. Anyway, I just thought it was important to put out there. I hope you find it helpful. Please check back frequently if you find this podcast to be helpful. I release new episodes on most Tuesdays. If you subscribe, you'll be notified when a new episode is released. Until then, thank you for all you do. You're all so amazing. You stepped up when someone needed you to, and thank you for that. Anyway, take care, be well, take care of yourself. God bless you all. Thanks so much.